It snuck up on us because, you know, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, but the offseason is upon us. Let's talk about the priorities for this team. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome to a live Wednesday edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KC Sports. Thank you all so much for joining, jumping on, listening to us. We really appreciate your support at KCS and all the sweet, sweet stuff we're trying to do in the content space. I am enthralled to be with two of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, Matthew Lane Craig's out. Matthew. Hi. Are you the one typing Hello. unbelievably loud right now? Absolutely not. I would never do such a thing. It certainly didn't stop now that I am talking and clearly have both of my hands up in camera. Um, so I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm glad that we're here on a Wednesday, on a new day. I am glad that we are here. I, I, don't, I don't know about this whole sneaking up on us thing. I feel like, I don't, I don't like the offseason snuck up on us, but <laughs> but we're here. We're ready, we're ready to talk about it, right, Greg? Yeah, the offseason doesn't sneak up on me anymore. It just, you know, the Super Bowl ends, our team wins it, and then we just turn around and resume the offseason. Like, there's nothing, like, it's nice and condensed. If the Chiefs ever don't make an AFC championship game with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, which they're not going to, I mean, we just have historical data at this point that tells us that they're not going to, but if they ever don't, I'm not going to know what to do with myself for like two weeks. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have a moment. Free agency is supposed to be starting. I'm not sure what to do with myself. So I'm glad that they keep us on this, you know, truncated timeline between the Super Bowl and free agency. It is, uh, I don't know. It's wild to me that the combine's next week. I'm sorry. Uh, it starts, uh, well, week from when this audio releases, I believe, on Thursday. So good. Yeah, I, I, I no, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited being a team, uh, or being a fan of the reigning two-time Super Bowl champions is a lot of fun in that regard because it, I, I would prefer it to sneak up on me than than the alternative of being the Las Vegas Raiders who somehow need to be put in their place, uh, and reminded that the Chiefs have more playoff wins in their building than they do. Um, so I don't know. Just, just going there. Anyway, so next week combine, you're just, you know, the things will start heating up over there. Free agencies three weeks away. We figured tonight would be a good opportunity for us to kind of set the stage and have some conversations, go position by position, talk a little bit, just about you know the positional needs for this team. You know, look at the positions and say what kind of the needs are, that kind of stuff. Go through. We're gonna go through all of them. We'll also give you I, what we think are the top three positions in need for this team. And uh, yeah, that that's kind of our plan for tonight. And we're gonna start with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I am going to get us through the quarterback position very quickly, so we can move on and have conversations about something else. Uh, Blaine Gabbard is a free agent. They signed him for a veteran minimum deal last year. I think at this point it probably would benefit the Chiefs to try to bring in competition for Patrick Mahomes uh, to, you know, I, I think that's I think that's what this team should be going for at this point. 
Uh, but no, I it'd be interesting to see what they what they do with the quarterback position. Blaine Gabbert again, they signed late for a vet minimum deal. I don't think they're ready to hand the keys over to Chris Aladakon. Uh, I anticipate he'll be around. My guess they maybe try to re-sign a, a Blaine Gabbert, or you know, I I I would it suck to to have them maybe get a little bit better at backup, but I, it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes is going to play regardless. All right, let's move on to running back. Uh, we're just gonna get it. We're just gonna get it out of here. The running back position, Matthew. Um, I had some major ta- taking. Ta- I have some major quarterback points to get to. Well, like, like, I mean, like no, listen, he's the host. He, we, okay. Who am I to say otherwise? Just go right ahead. Let's get yes. under running back. Good. Leave all my quarterback what? talk for the. As long as it's not Shane Michelle, I think we all win. Know your know your role and shut your mouth, jabronis. Let's talk about the running backs. Are, are you in love? Uh, never mind. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> Matthew, uh, yeah, am I allowed to do this? Yeah, you are now. Every time I talk, you just over and over. It's truly the off season right now. <laughs> um, yeah, running backs. I, you know, I think it's a pretty sneaky need for the Chiefs, and I know a lot of fans are not wanting to hear this or are going to be on the opposing side of this, but. I love Isaiah Pacheco. He's a lot of fun. He's a great running back to have on your team. I just don't know if I'm ready to say he's a running back one. And like the production I get can be there in certain games. The volume is there. He's really helped this offense, but it's so inconsistent. And just the way that he runs the football, I don't feel like meshes super well with what the Chiefs try to do. When they need, they don't need a running back that's going to rip off a 30-yard gain every 10th run. They need someone's going to constantly keep them ahead of the sticks pick up positive yards, and keep them out of second and 10. And I just feel like that's where Pacheco kind of struggles, especially because I think he's a little limited in some of the runs that he can do. So on top of that, Clyde is coming up in free agency. Jarek McKinnon, I also believe, I believe, is also a free agent. You don't know if either guy will be back. It just looks like they could add some body. One, they need to add bodies to this room as is. But two, I think Pacheco is a lot better suited as a running back too or maybe a running back 1B that you come in when the defense is tired of chasing somebody else or tackling somebody else, and here comes the most hammer-esque running back in the entire NFL to deal with. But as the top guy, I don't know, just too many times I think he he leaves yards on the field, and I think that kind of comes as a detriment to the offense too often. So I, I have running back as a kind of sneaky big need for the Chiefs, even if at worst case it's getting a somebody to go run out there with Pacheco, someone that can at least split the carries with him if not kind of plant his role on the team. The Chiefs really could do with a guy that, you know, runs inside zone really well, runs duo really well, can pass protect a little bit, but, you know, enough to keep defenses honest and, you know, kind of run good routes out of the backfield. Man, they could do with rookie year Clyde Edwards Alaire before he got hurt. Like that, that's what they really could do with right now. I feel like that tandem would really pay some dividends for the Are you saying first round off. running back? I'm not saying first round oh, Okay. Sorry. I, I guess I heard rookie Clyde Edwards Alaire. Specific player. Okay. That specific player style would be ideal. I don't know that the Chiefs are going to look for another between the tackles kind of guy again. I think I think what it would really behoove them it, as much as I just said all of that, I think it would really behoove them to get a guy that could put his foot in the ground in outside zone and really make defenses pay. I, you know, I, I feel like this offense was at its most explosive when they had a running back, even though you know, Damian Williams was not necessarily a consistent runner of the football, but there was a threat, always a threat to kind of put his foot in the ground and go. 
I want a guy with a little juice, a little more juice than Isaiah Pacheco, a guy that can run outside zone, get to the edge, put his foot in the ground, and go get, you know, 20 yards on a play or more, ideally. But they got a guy that they can lean on in Pacheco, first and second downs, lean on that a little bit more. You need somebody that can have some horizontal stretch, make you chase them a little bit more. I think that that's a really good tandem with those kinds of guys. It gets guys out of the box a little more. It tires out linebackers having to chase sideline to sideline. And then on top of that, you got guys that are sucking wind a little bit. Now go tackle Isaiah Pacheco. I think that it would be a good combination to find another guy that they feel comfortable with. I want... Clyde Edwards-Alaire back on this team because I think he's awesome for the locker room. Like, I really think that he is amazing for the locker room, and for that alone, keep him here. But I do think they need another guy with a little more juice on the outside to be able to kind of make defenses punish for not having speed sideline to side. I think one thing will be interesting to monitor is I don't think you can bring Clyde Edwards-Alaire back and draft somebody early. And what what I mean by that is, like, I feel like you want a little bit Early-ish in, like, I'm not saying round one or two. Maybe round two. I, you know, round two is probably the thing for me, but that's more conversation. We'll talk later, Craig. There's more conversation. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of dominoes that would have to fall for that scenario to play out. Um, But I think from a pass protection standpoint, you know, you're probably going to try to carry three running backs. Do you think Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and a rookie are good enough in pass protection for you as a team? If you feel okay about that, great. If not, you might have to look at maybe adding some with a little bit more pass pro chops. Jarek McKinney could come be on the practice squad and then just put him on ice till the playoffs. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't hate this team adding to the running back room. And this isn't even really knocking Isaiah as much as it is just continuing to, you know, make this offense just a little bit Absolutely. more dynamic, especially as you're leaning into the way that this team's playing. Adding more playmakers in the back end could earn the in the backfield could really help. All right. Let's talk about the receiver position. It's time. Um, it is I, well, can you make an argument this is the most important? You can make an argument it's the most important position uh, as we currently sit uh, in free agency, before free agency, all that stuff. It or, that or tackle, it's a pretty high it's a pretty high priority for this team to continue to address the wide receiver position. I think, as everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, we all watch this wide receiver room. We know what this thing looks like, right? Like, there's, I don't think this one you need to go too far down the well in there. They don't. They're not necessarily losing a lot of guys. NVS is most likely going to be cut to save a little bit of money. But outside of him, they're not really losing anybody that was a significant contributor. And Richie James is also going to be, you know, be up to be a free agent. But like that's not you're not losing a lot. The problem is what was left was also here last year. And outside of Rasheed Rice, not really promising whatsoever. So like the entire wide receiver room needs. I mean, it needs turnover. It really does. And we spent last offseason talking about, oh, this Chiefs wide receiver room is really deep. But the problem was it was deep, like eight guys deep, but they were all wide receiver five to eights, right? Then none of them were above that until Rasheed Rice came along, you know, as the rookie year went along. So eh, there's players, there's guys, there's reasons. There's a lot of guys that belong on a roster, but not many guys that probably deserve more than double digit snaps per game. So yeah, the Chiefs wide receivers need need an uptick in talent. The problem is they just won a Super Bowl with this group. And so, like, how much do they really think they need an uptick? What do they think they're going to need at the wide receiver position? Because they went out there with these guys. They went out there and said, hey, MVS, turn a switch on in the playoffs and go in. Hey, we might not have our wide receiver one, Kadarius Tony. We may not have our wide receiver two, Sky Moore, playing. And we're still going to go ahead and win another Super Bowl. So I don't know what they're going to think they need. But when you're looking at this roster, there is no doubt that this team needs to add at least one 
or two wide receivers that are like worthy of getting snaps, not just adding to the roster for depth, yeah. guys that are worthy of playing a lot of snaps. And they you know, realistically, they need somebody with a speed element and they need somebody that can separate. And like, that's not a great spot to be in to need speed and a separator. Those two things are kind of important. Yeah. The, when I look at the wide receiver room right now, based on guys that, you know, are under contract right now, Rasheed Rice is the only guy that I have as a lock for the 53. Like, I, I think Justin Watson is making the 53. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that he's not. They need the veteran presence. He's been Mr. Dependable for this. He, he's probably on this 53. But a stone-cold lock, Rasheed Rice is the only guy. Sky Moore, we're all hoping that it clicks because we liked his college tape. We liked the player that he was. But he hasn't shown it yet, and he's not really garnered the kind of snaps towards the end. I know they got hurt, but even before he was hurt, they were decreasing his role. Kadarius Tony was a healthy scratch for the entire playoffs and has off the field stuff. I don't think he's on this roster next year. MVS saves a ton of money and he's on the wrong side of 30. You got to move on from him. McCall Hardman is a free agent. You probably are making an offer to him. But who knows what he's going to be able to get on the open market again. Again, he's got three rings. Like, maybe he comes back. Maybe he's like, hey, I want to stay here. I, I, You know, the grass ain't greener on the other side. I got that taste. I want to stay here. That's a fine addition there, but it doesn't necessarily solve all the issues. This room has a ton of guys in it. And, you know, guys that they signed, they got Justin Ross on there. You've got Shai Smith, Anthony Miller, Montrell Washington, Nico Remigio. Like, these guys are all around. But you're not counting on those guys to all of a sudden become your wide receiver two, three, four, five, six. They have to make significant additions in here. So as much as, you know, the kind of wild stabs that we like that are at the bottom of the roster and we're like, hey, it'd be cool if that guy turned into something. In reality, they're, they're pretty much camp fodder. There are guys that are rounding out the rest of your 90-man, and you need to make significant additions here. Let's just call it what it is. We, You know, you were hopeful that the Chiefs' depth was going to be able to surface a couple players, and players that weren't good enough to be in that group of players you were hoping to surface are the players that you just listed. There, there probably isn't a ton of reason for optimism that these guys are going to help elevate the room in any way, shape, or form. The help has to come from new additions. I just like it has to come. I think that I I wouldn't be stunned if there's free agency and a significant draft asset invested in the wide receiver room when it's all said and done. I think it's one of the highest priorities on this team. Tight ends. I I kind of maintain like I don't think the Chiefs are going to do anything in free agency at tight end. I think they like Travis Kelsey. They like Noah Gray. I think they could potentially look to add a tight end potentially in the draft. If the if the player meets the draft slot, right? If the opportunity presents itself that they like it, but I just have a hard time believing this team is going to make a significant investment at tight end and free agent. I think it's going to be opportunistic if they do it in the draft, Matthew. The problem is it's a really bad tight end draft class. Yeah, it is. So like, opportunity made it present itself. <laughs> right, it's the opportunity, and they don't have a lot of draft picks, so it's kind of hard. It, you know, when you don't have a lot of draft picks, it it's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow to say, "Hey, we're gonna use one of our limited draft picks on a position that takes the longest to develop, mm-hmm. that kind of has the least amount of translation from college to pros." Like that's just what the tight end position is. So it's a hard position to hit on. 
if you do need somebody like the Chiefs kind of do, because Travis Kelsey is getting up there in age. We saw throughout the regular season, he clearly took a step back. He was able to turn it on in the playoffs. We don't know if he can do that all year or not. But like it's they need to start considering the future there. I just I think it's kind of hard, especially in this draft class, to go in thinking that you might be able to find a solution. So I wouldn't be opposed to them seeing what's going on out there in the free agency tight end uh, class. There, there's actually a little bit out there in the free agencies, you know, whether it's a, a Mike Gesicki, a Noah Fant. Like, there's some guys out there that I think the Chiefs could actually bring in and do a little bit with, but it's not going to be anything that costs a lot of money. It would be a guy to come in and be a tight end two slash three to pair with a Noah Gray, see if they can step in and do something. So I think they might add a body to that room, but I don't know if they're looking for a significant contributor like they would be at wide receiver or like I think they probably should at running back. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It, it, again, I agree with the draft sentiment. There's only a handful of guys. Like there, there really is only a handful of guys. There's some other guys that I like. I I, I know we're not doing a whole bunch of draft content here, but like Vincent Ott's a fun player uh, from K State. He and Noah Gray are very like-for-like players. And so getting those two guys on the field is going to be difficult. So, like, that's about the range that I would expect maybe the Chiefs to consider one given some of their other needs, not to reveal some of my takes later on this year. So, yeah, I'm a little bit with Natty. Blake Bell's a free agent. Uh, Jody Fortson could be a restricted free agent, but it's to the point now with Jody Fortson. They like him. He just can't stay healthy. Like it, it's hard to really reserve a 53 man roster spot for that guy because he struggled to stay healthy, even though he's been good for the team when he has been healthy. So I, I wonder if they're going to move on from those two guys and try and start building that room up a little more. I was perfectly fine with them keeping those four guys on the roster this year. I think I thought it made sense. That consistency was there, especially with the, all of the youth at wide receiver having several guys that just were going to be able to line up and do things at tight end made all the sense in the world. You're going to go out and try and get a vet wide receiver, try and get several different guys at wide receiver and change some of the things that you're doing. I also think you've got to start trying to get a guy that can, nobody's going to replace Travis Kelsey. I, I hate this argument. Oh, you got to find the next Kelsey. You got to, you got to get ready to replace Travis Kelsey. You're never replacing Travis Kelsey. Try and get another tight end with a little bit of juice that can catch the ball a little bit more, that can pair with some of these other pieces that they do have. That's where I'm looking there. So it, free agents is probably the spot if the money's right. I think it's going to be hard to find somebody who at best is going to get pitched on competing for tight end two with Noah Gray. Yeah. And I, get, I get money. That. I don't, yeah, I think, I think that's just where it's going to be tricky. I just don't know how they're going to find the for right worth, person to You could that. say... We play a lot of 12 personnel, Noah. Why don't you come in here and, and you can be a part of this. You know, we can we can play 12 as if it's 11 with both Travis Kelsey and Noah Fan on the field. Run the ball a little bit. I can see ways to make that work because the Chiefs already do that a little bit. But you're right, Kent. You're absolutely right. I, mean, to say I like Noah yeah. Gray. He didn't take a step when they needed him to, though. He's been the same guy since he's been in Keenan City. I think he's gotten better as a blocker. And like I think that's been very important for him staying on the field. But he has not really taken a step. So I, I don't know. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm not I am not saying, oh, I can't use you know a fan, a Gasecki, somebody like that, because I have Noah Gray. I just don't know if he's he has played up to the point where I don't think you could look for an improvement on him either. I just think, yeah, and I think if you're looking at six draft picks and limited resources, I just have a hard time believing tight ends where they're going to prioritize much of anything personally. 
I think you, you've got a lot. I, yeah, you could make an argument. You can make an improvement on Noah no Gray, but trying to find like opportunity meets cost it's, meets, yeah. you know. It, it's low on the list. It, I think it is. I yeah. think it's lower on the list for me personally. All right, left tackle. The Chiefs, if they if they wanted to roll out a, an offensive line today, the tackles would be Wanye Morris and Jawan Taylor. The question about the left tackle position is one of the biggest questions of this offseason. How high of a priority is this for you, Matthew? High. Very high. Um, here's the, I like Wanya Morris. I like what he showed when he got in there. There were flashes, but I think you also saw plenty of reasons to say, I don't think you can give him the job. I think he has to be able to go earn it. And I think given, you know, the age and a little bit of the rawness still moving back from right to left, which I still don't know if it's the best move for him. I almost think you want to have somebody ahead of him on the depth chart going into training camp and it's his job to go outperform them and take it. So whether that is another Donovan Smith level one year deal, whether that is drafting somebody even earlier in the upcoming draft, whether it's moving Jawan Taylor and finding a right tackle, whatever it might be, whatever the move might be. I don't think you can enter training camp with Wanya Morris kind of set to be the starter. He should have to go take it from somebody because I don't think left tackle was good last year. I think Donovan Smith had a great stretch in the first three playoff games. Super Bowl got a little rough again, but the first, you know, the wild card round of the championship game, Donovan Smith was very good, but that was abnormal to his play every other week or the left tackle play every other week of the year, which I think was definitely their weakest part of the offensive line from week one up until the Super Bowl minus those games. So high priority. I don't know if I feel great if there is no real competition for Wanya Morris starting next year. I think he should be involved. You don't have to go out there and break the bank. You don't got to go try to make a trade or go, you know, see if there's a Trent Williams. There's not, but a Trent Williams and try to pay him $33 million a year or whatever it was to get him to play left tackle. But you need to find somebody, I think, that is going to push Wanya Morris to beat him or that other guy is the starter. And that's what they did this past year. So I think they need to go that route again. This is a sneaky round one pick for me. Like, maybe it's not so sneaky. I I think a lot of people have have a similar kind of thought to that. I, I am really looking at this. There is a lot of cost opportunity here. And if you're taking a round one guy... You're pretty much telling Wanya Morris, "Hey, buddy, you're the swing tackle, and you're you're willing to kind of mix him in with with Jawan Taylor a little bit at right tackle. You're mixing him in at left tackle. I'm fine with that. Like, I really, really, really am fine with that. I know that we've got a lot of hope for some of the you know younger guys that are on the roster here. I really like that they're continuing to take the swing with uh, Chu Godrick. Like, I think that that is, that is a very worthy swing for oh, them God. to keep." on the roster, but it's not one that you're looking at and you're like, well, there's your left tackle of the future next year. No, that's not the case. So that's one of those that the board is stacked right in the draft. I am running to the podium to draft a good quality left tackle. Set it and forget it. Don't worry about it. Don't have to go chasing this on one-year deals anymore. I know Tyron Smith's out there in free agency. Yeah, he's, he's hurt all the time, but so was Donovan Smith. Um, you you figure out ways to piece it together if you don't like how the, the draft board is stacking up there. But man, this is one that like, I know we all want a round one wide receiver and we want to add to that room in a big, bad way. I would rather spend that draft pick on a tackle because you're going to get a quality player 
It's going to impact immediately. And man, if he hits, you got Patrick Mahomes' blindside protector for the next however long you want to keep him on the roster. And that is way more valuable, in my opinion, than trying to take a swing on like wide receiver five, six, or seven. I think there's a chance there's a decent tackle available to them at the end of the first round, too. I think there's, I, I think there's a chance. Um, we'll see how things shake out. There's, I think, I think there's going to be a couple of players at positions of the of need at pick thirty two that the Chiefs are going to like. I don't know if it could be tackle, it could be D tackle, could be receiver. I mean, there are. I, th- I think they will, they will like somebody that they have there at thirty two. I think um, tackle could be it. One one case to make for tackle. The interior. And we're, we're about to talk about the interior of the offensive line, but. The that that group's going to be a lot shakier, you know, sooner rather than later. There's going to be some tough contract decisions that have to get made about the interior offensive line very quickly with Joe Tooney, with Creed Humphrey, with uh, Trey Smith. So, do you make sure you have a tackle set up to go and pair with Jawan Taylor so that you have some continuity at the bookends while you're solving and trying to figure out what happens along the interior? Just an argument to me, Bates. Speaking of that interior offensive line, though. Yeah, the you know the Chiefs' interior offensive line is under contract for 2024. This team has shown a propensity to want to be out ahead of big moves and 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 big you know decisions that they have. You know they've tried to draft you know to to be ready to replace some guys. Interior offensive line could be another one of those spots where they might be a little bit intentional about trying to 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 get somebody by pro- for for the long term outlook, Matthew. Yeah, I, I think they could look to add some depth to the interior offensive line. Remember, I think Mick Allegretti is set to be a free agent. I don't know what his market will look about like. I think they will 100% try to bring him back, given everything he's kind of done for this team over the years. But if somebody wants to pay him starter money, they might not be able to. So at the very least, they need that reliable utility interior offensive lineman as a reserve guy to come in and at best case scenario, you hope that guy can develop into being a potential replacement for a Joe Tooney or being a potential replacement for Trey Smith if you are unable to keep them for a few years down the road. However, everything we're saying is future investment at interior offensive line. That's a low priority for me, no matter like kind of no matter how you slice it. Not a valuable position, especially if you're looking at paying a tackle and potentially drafting one early or paying another really low level investment here. They need to add guys but it's just a low mid-round draft pick bargain deal on free agency in like May if someone's still available. Something like that is just kind of where I think they're, but they do need to add some bodies, especially if they can't keep Alec Reddy around. And this is actually a a pretty good draft uh, for offensive linemen in general. And there's there's a nice little sweet spot with some interior offensive linemen early, mid, day three. Like I really do. There's a number of guys that I have watched. We saw the Shrine game. I've watched on film, but I'm like, Where's this guy going? This is another one. Like it, it's it's a giant group of guys, and so I I do think that they're gonna add to the room. I think it's gonna be a backup. They're gonna try and find their Nick their next Nick Allegretti to try and come in and play a bunch of different positions on the interior. A couple of guys that I got my eye on for that purpose, but I I think that is really the sweet spot. I know they don't have a ton of picks, but. Man, it just feels like that's that's smart business, smart usage of your draft capital. Try and target a guy in a very thick draft of of interior offensive linemen here. I think it's smart to use a draft pick so you have contractual control over somebody 
for multiple years. You know, like, and I think these are some of the conversations, like it's kind of going back to tight end. I, I get the the one year kind of need, but at the same time, I think they should start insulating themselves with controllable years along the interior. And that's why, yeah, I think it's a good year to use a, an early day three pick on an interior offensive lineman that hope you can develop, hopefully, hopefully he sticks because you can potentially, you know, maybe use him in 2025, honestly. I mean, like, they're going to have some, there's going to be some tough decisions to make along the interior. Uh, there's already some tough decisions to make on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about those right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, we're looking at the positional needs for this football team and kind of just we're going position by position to talk through them all. Let's start with the defensive tackle position as we start about the defensive side of the ball this is obviously a big one because Chris Jones currently uh, is a is about to be a free agent the Chiefs need something big to happen in some significant way free agency re-signing Chris Jones potentially the draft they're going to have to make a significant investment in, on, on the defensive side of the ball all at the defensive tackle position listen Tucker's new graphic looks amazing. It's awesome, and it tries to get us to follow a schedule, but you can't hold me down. You can't put me in a box. Real quick on the offense, this is just it's something we've seen a lot since the Super Bowl. Uh, Creed Humphrey's going to play center. I, I understand the snapping hasn't been great. No, the Chiefs yes. are not going to move him to guard. He's staying at center. I don't think they're looking for a new center. If the snapping can't get fixed, if there is some active issue, he chose to snap the ball differently because he changed his snapping pattern and it can't get fixed, then okay, then we can have that conversation in the future. But right now, it's one year of bad snaps. You don't know if that's based on the quarterback asking it for him, if an injury, and he just couldn't snap the ball like normal. We don't know why yet. So I think you got to give it more time before we freak out about one year of bad snaps from Creed Humphrey when he changed what he was doing. That said, we're moving on to the defense now. We we got I that out of the way. Let that go. Couldn't let out. You couldn't let that one go. 
I think that's. I think that was actually a very good point to bring it back to. Matt, Matty is a man of the people. He saw the chat conversing about it. Like, True. Yeah. You would read the private chat, but no. Uh, I'm reading so, the private chat right now. Defensive tackles. Yeah, have fun with that. Defensive tackles. Um, that's also an area of potential big need. I, the Chiefs, hey, big news. Chiefs uh, gave Isaiah Bugs like a little bit more money than a typical futures contract. So it at least sounds like they wanted to make sure they kept him around for this upcoming season. I'm not saying that's a huge deal, but they traded for Neil Farrell, who, you know, played okay in limited reps and random spots. And then they signed Isaiah Bugs. So maybe that's kind of what they see their nose tackle position coming down to is Neil Farrell. Isaiah Bugs, maybe you add another body throughout this offseason, throughout the draft at some point in time. But I Derek don't see them adding. I don't foresee them adding another starting level, high rep, getting nose tackle. I just don't know if that's what is in the cards for them. But what happens with Chris Jones obviously dictates how important the three tech spot's going to be. They obviously will need somebody in that role if Chris Jones isn't back. Even if Chris Jones is back, I don't know if they don't need a secondary kind of pass rusher on the interior. If you lose a Mike Dana, Charles O'Minihue's hurt, you lose a lot of flexibility from the defensive ends being able to kick inside in that case. So you might need another good interior rusher because that's not necessarily Bugs, Farrell, Derek Nottie if he comes back. So they do need to add at least depth at three tech. But if Chris Jones isn't here, like that becomes one of their biggest needs almost immediately. Mike Connell should immediately sign with the Chiefs practice squad right now. I mean, you know, it just just guarantee, just lock that in because we gotta wait be till there. November. We gotta wait till November. He'll be there at some point in the year. Let's just let's just get the formality out of the way, and then he's gonna play major snaps in the playoffs. And we're all we love Mike Vanell, so we're not we're not discounting that. This is a major major need. This is up there with offensive tackle for me. This draft is not especially deep and defensive tackle. It's not one of those things that I'm looking at. It's like, Hey, you just go get your own one guy and you're good. No, it's not. It's not that kind of draft for me this year. So yeah, I am looking at guys that if Chris Jones does not sign a long, long-term contract with the Kansas city chiefs, I am looking at some of the guys that are a couple rungs down from him on the tonal pole there. Christian Wilkins is a guy that I have a, a big target on. I, I just, he is the kind of player that it just seems like Joe Cole would love. Just very technically sound. Not a guy that you're looking at snap after snap and you're like, wow, he wrecked the game. He ruined everything. But man, he is a really well-rounded, good football player that I think facilitates a lot of other guys to get stuff done. Got enough juice in the pass rush. He can play around a little bit. You know, Do, do a little bit on the interior there. Not even close to Chris Jones from a, from a pass rush perspective, but may shore up the run game a little bit more. May help build the front a little more well-rounded there. There are a couple of guys that are a little further down the, you know, down the rankings there that I'm looking at that could be factors here. Defensive tackle is going to be something that they're going to address in free agency. Some way, some form, I just don't think they're going to go into the draft and say, okay, well, we got Isaiah Bugs. And we're really hoping that everything else kind of comes around. No, they're they're going to add some to this room. How high or how far they commit to that? Like if they signed Christian Wilkins, that tells you, hey, Joe Cullen and Steve Spagnuolo are telling you this three technique is yeah. one of the most important positions to our defense. We have to have a dude, somebody we trust, to make plays in that position. If they turn around and they say, okay, well, we're going to sign two mid-tier guys a nose tackle and or you know one tech and a three tech and then you know we're going to try and go into the season like that 
that's going to tell you that what we saw with Chris Jones is not the defense necessarily that they want to run, but maybe they want to try and adapt and move forward there. So I got my eye on this position because that's going to tell us a lot about how they view the defense as a whole. Rotational three-tech Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. Just, uh, yeah, get me careful that one. Uh, just one year in Kansas City. Just come here and just play on a limited snap count and play behind somebody and go get a ring uh, and get away from Nick Sirianni. Defensive end position. Uh, you know, obviously, like, like the Chiefs' best defensive end, arguably, was Charles Amenehue last year. Uh, and he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season. You're going to have George Karloftis there. This is, we talk about drafting ahead. This is why you draft a Felix Andy DK Uzama last year uh, and essentially give him a red, uh, a red shirt and play limited snaps. But with, with the uncertainty of, with the uncertainty of a Metahue with Mike Dana probably pricing himself out of Kansas City and good for Mike Dana. Awesome. Um, congratulations, buddy. Um, still probably going to need to look at adding some bodies and and continue to invest in that edge position potentially too in the draft. Yeah, it became a really quick kind of need or bigger need. Like you always want to add bodies to the edge position, especially when you're going to lose a guy like Mike Dana that plays a lot of snaps and does a lot of stuff for you. But as soon as Charles and you got hurt so late in the year, you got down real light on that defensive end room. And especially with guys that have that versatility, we know Steve Spagnuolo likes to kick those guys from outside, inside and move them around. And this is with or without Chris Jones, you can't move Chris Jones wherever you want. If you don't have guys that can play in the other positions, right? So there's a reason that like Chris Jones can excel by kicking out to the end because Carl Loftus or Ominahue or Dina provide a rush threat from the interior. It's not like you're just putting somebody in there that does nothing. So that plays a role. Now you're down one to two of those guys, especially if Mike Dana gets paid a little bit, which the projections say he might. The projections say you might be paying him seven, eight, nine million dollars per year, and that's not nothing. That's not a guy that you can just bring in and be like, oh no, we have some extra money in the couch cushions real quick to bring him in. That's he's making more than that. So defensive end quickly became a, a sneaky big need. This one, I would say, is a sneaky big need for the Chiefs because of the Omenahue injury and because he's entering the last year of his deal. Like, yeah. hey, remember, it was a two-year deal. He's not locked up after this year, so at best, he comes back mid-year. He, who knows how long it takes him to get back you know, up to speed, and I'm not saying the Chiefs won't extend him or keep him around longer than that, but like, they don't have a lot of long-term security outside of their last two round one draft picks. We've only seen George Karloftis produce they're going to need some bodies for this year and moving forward. Maybe that forces their hand to over, you know, not overpaying, but matching Dana's asking price on the open market. Maybe it forces their hand to go spend in free agency or spend yet another draft, early draft pick on defensive end and see what happens. But like they do need some guys. I, uh, Malik Carey, you are a Kansas City Chief. I know he's an ERFA, right? Let's go. Like that's, oh. that's picked up. That, Her- that is. Per sources, the Chiefs per, will exercise the exclusive right for you. Yeah, per Craig Stout, <laughs> I, I would bet my mortgage on the fact that Malik Herring is is getting picked up here. He's so common, common sense. <laughs> yeah. He he's getting picked up. That that leaves him, George Karloftis, and Felix as guys that are going to be ready in week one. And that's a little scary. I I mean that's that's a little scary to me, especially as much as they want a wholesale swap. That's not an indictment on any one of those three guys I mentioned. 
You just need more than three defensive ends in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. You need guys that can go out there and not just, hey, run and play four snaps. No, it's got to be guys that can come in and make an impact. So this is one of those, I I don't know where they're going to go with it. Like, are they going to try and spend a little bit in free agency? Are they going to try and maybe get a guy that other teams don't really feel comfortable with and try and trot him out there for you know, 20 snaps a game or something like that for the first eight to nine weeks of the season and hope that Charles Aminahue comes back off of an ACL injury healthy. Like that's the other question mark there. They they don't know what they're getting from this guy. And while, we, while we've enjoyed what he's done on the field, you just don't know the kind of player that you're getting back in December or, you know, early January, whenever it is that he's coming back to try and contribute to this team. So this is one that I really think that we're going to see a concerted effort by this front office to try and add bodies to there. And I wonder if it's going to be kind of a, a a veteran committee, not spending a ton of money at the position, but hey, let's sign, you know, three guys at five to six million dollars a year that, you know, some of them are maybe a little older. You're just trying to do a one-year deal, trying to patch this together and try and go into this season knowing you got your guy at George. He's going to be good. You're going to do that. You're hoping Felix takes that next step and that he's going to be the other guy opposite of George. And now you've got Malik Herring that can do some of that inside-outside stuff. And then you've got a couple of veterans behind him that can really eat some snaps, kind of insulate you from injury and stuff like that. It's just, it's a lot more thin than I think anybody wants to admit in that defensive end room, which, hey, Kudos to Brett Veach for taking a round one defensive end last year. It's it's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna play a lot this next year because they're gonna need him to play a lot. Yeah, I some interesting names out there though that could fit the potentially fit the the Spags archetype. You know that might be flyers on some one year deals. You know you've got like a Travis Gibson who we've talked about on this show a couple of times. I think he was made available and we were like, hey, maybe just you know. Eter Ghost Matos hasn't really done much in the league, but like he could literally be a, a 90-man type player and see what you got out of him. Maybe you have to give him a little bit of money. Uh, AJ Epinesa feels kind of spag, like, feels very spagsy, feels, feels very cheapsy. Uh, I don't know if I wouldn't throw a multi-year deal at AJ Epinesa, honestly. Like yeah. on a on a I mean you know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I do. I do want to say one thing. Nate Dog pointed out in the chat, and I was gonna. I was gonna say it as well. Khalil Mack ain't gonna be a Charger next year. And again, if you're talking about a guy to be DE two or DE three, like, come on, like, I mean, come, 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 find out what it's like to be in Kansas City. You tried out two other AFC West franchises, and boy, that didn't work out for you. So, and also God, the Bears, yeah, and also <laughs> the Bears. But there's it's guys of that ilk that yeah. you are like, if Felix doesn't take that next step immediately and ready for week one, you've got another veteran that can come in and play those snaps while you build up to him. And no, I'm not forgetting about BJ Thompson. He is on the roster as well. and could be a factor. We just haven't seen hardly anything from him outside of that week 18. And, and if AJ Vanessa is 25 years old, you just yeah. even said that name. Ooh. He's only 25 years old Ooh. and he's coming off Boy, back to back six and a half sack years I, I don't know it's just like that is a good one. but that also sounds like a guy that gets paid like i want to be clear that also sounds think, like a guy that makes a, throw, a pretty chunk of change i think that's a guy you throw a three-year deal at that's what i'm saying like I, the other two like an e-tour a gibson 
I think those are one years, but like I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd hate throwing a multi year at a, at an AJ Epinesa. I think he could be a value play. I mean, it's a little different than how they played with the Menahue, obviously, but like I think he's of that ilk. So like that kind of range. Uh, Khalil Mack had 17 sacks last year. I know. You know I didn't know if you did. I just like yeah, like 14 of those. Yeah, 14 of those were four and a half seconds into the into the snap. I mean, y'all y'all keep y'all keep y'all keep the last guy. But I don't know, man. Good for him. Let's talk about the linebacker spot. Uh, got cut or is going to get cut. There's another one for you. Yeah, you've been guys like that. that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, though. Yeah. Guys like that. Not a big investment. Yeah, we're supposed to go down this rabbit hole. We're supposed to be the Giants, not free agents. Not too far down there. Uh, but what, who me. No, we're not going to play me. Linebacker. Hard, though. Can we talk about linebacker? Oh, guys. Uh, uh, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, both free agents. Got to bring one back. Probably Tranquil based around how Willie Gay has been tweeting. And I also think he makes a little bit more sense. I think you can cover for what Willie Gay mostly does to the team with Drew Tranquil and with what Leo Chanel's growing yes. role on the team is going to be. I'm not opposed to the Chiefs trying to go out and see if they can add somebody, but I also, you know, keep just, I, I like the guys they have. I like some of the guys they signed in UDFAs last year that are hanging around. We saw them get a little bit of play this year, so yeah. I'm okay with the linebacker room as long as you can bring back Willie or Drew Tranquil. If you lose both, then maybe you got to look at investing yeah. another guy that has experience in the league to come in and play. I think it's a pretty simple one for me. Yeah, no, that this is easy. Nick, Drew, just again, based on Willie's tweets, Nick, Drew, Leo, Cam Jones, and then you're you're having somebody on the roster to compete with Jack Cochran or Cole Christensen. I I mean, this is not an investment spot at all for me. Like it, it's just not. I it, outside of bringing back a Drew Tranquil, that yeah. that is the investment. But you know, yeah. I, I don't think this is one that you're splurging on anything to keep a guy. They need one of those two. I think I think Drew makes way too much sense. Just, I mean, look at how easily and seamlessly he stepped in to play the mic when they needed him to. And this team didn't skip a beat. You know, Spags has, you know, talked a lot, of, heaped a lot of praise on a lot of different players. The last, you know, he's been heaping praise on Nick. He's been he heaping praise. Like, I think we talked about that last week. He's been heaping praise on the corners. But he also heaped a lot of praise on Drew Tranquil for exactly that. He stepped in. They didn't miss a beat. He was out. You know, he was awesome. That's a versatile piece. A guy that I, you know, with more opportunity, I think continue to play well. You know, there might be more opportunity out there for him in uh, in 2024 as well. So I I love the idea of bringing Drew Tranquil back. I think it'd be great. Cornerback, as it currently sits, there is no contract for Legarius Sneed. And I'm going to get a little weird with this question, but I'm going to ask it: Do the Chiefs need a cornerback as it sits right now? Matthew Lane. What uh if Sneed is not on the team, yes, they probably need to invest in the cornerback position. I also don't know if I think that this team can just roll in the next year without a quality, not a super high, but a quality investment in corner, because I don't know if you're ready to run out there, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, and Trent McDuffie together. Like I think you could get away with it, but I don't know if that's what you want to do for this team. I think they did a lot more rotations, they did a lot of stuff on defense because they had two corners they trusted. You get rid of one of those guys, and you're playing with two corners you don't trust, hey, go back to last year's training camp and see what everybody said about Josh Williams and Jalen Watson from the team. Yeah. Not trusted. Not trusted. 
I don't know if you, or I mean, Nazi Johnson, whoever you want to insert in that spot, right? Like, I just think this team takes a significant step back in how they can call and play games if you remove Legereus Sneed. So I think you would need to invest earlier in the draft. You would need to sign somebody that is another competent starting corner. You would need to get another trustworthy corner to go out there with McDuffie and whichever guy wins that third cornerback spot. So that's why it seems like Sneed should be 100% achieved. We'll see what plays out. You know, we'll see it. We'll see how it plays out. But like, I would expect him to be a chief for that exact reason. And listen to Steve Spagnuolo talk about him. Mm-hmm. Any, I mean, yeah, ever. yeah. If if Snee's out there, yes, they absolutely do need to add a guy. I I like Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson a lot, but it makes it so much harder to run the things that they want to run on defense with you know without using one of those guys. I love that they still interchange them. Like I really do that. They find good matchups that they find different packages where those two guys can be on the field opposite each other and try and work that out. It's great. Like that's the kind of depth and insulation that you want with those sorts of guys. I like the swings that they've taken. Nick, Nick Jones is a guy that they really liked and he got to play a little bit. Edgo Boydo made the 53 and for good reason. He played his ass off in the preseason and earned that spot. And yeah, they added Keith Taylor, a guy that I really liked out of Washington. And, you know, they, they've got a lot of good quality stabs at the bottom of the roster. But if you don't have CB1A in, in luxurious need there, then everything changes with what you can run, with what Steve Spagnolo can do. I Take your money. Throw it at that man or throw the tag at him. I don't care what it is. He has to be on this roster next year, bar none. I think that if you are trying to go for a three-peat, this is the easiest no-brainer move to make sure that your defense stays great. And I it, it just I, I think that's the move that they have to absolutely do. Asking the question is not an endorsement of not signing. <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I think I heard by the tone of your voice that you did not want to sign Legereus Sneed. Craig wants a first round running back, and Kent wants Legereus Sneed out the door. Well, that's that's, what a that's show. exactly. If what I get to keep Legereus Sneed, I will spend a first round draft pick on a running back. How about that? I flip that. <laughs> no, I just you know it's gonna this this whole season is gonna be so interesting in what they try to do do they try to maintain an elite defense do they try to say look we have three young corners we've invested in them we're gonna let Legereus walk we're gonna go out a veteran but not to the same caliber of Legereus Steed and we're gonna play good defense but we're probably not gonna be the 2000s Ravens again I'm sorry better than the two well almost like that was like the only other defense that was could sniff the the 2023 chief Feds. I don't know. Like, there's just so many, there's so many things up in the air for me as far as like, do they try to maintain an elite chief fence or not? And that's why I asked the question. Like, I want Legarius Need here. I think I've been pretty clear on that. But I also just thinking through the scenarios on how they build this roster, what hard choices do they make? And you know, there's a it's a domino effect of. There's a, there's a lot of layers to that question, I think. And it, it ties around both guys on the defensive side of the ball, Chris and Legarius. And it's what do they want to do? Are they going to try to maintain the elite chief fence? You can't replace Chris in the aggregate. That's not going to happen. So then what does that look like after that? And do you compensate for make by that by you know making sure you keep Legarius? And the, these are all the questions I'm asking in my head. 
One more position, safety. Um, kind of seems like this should be a very low priority for this team, just considering Shamari Connors, you know, emergence, Brian Cook back, obviously Justin Reed here as well. That's three really solid safeties. Um, maybe Mike Edwards wants to come back in Olympic capacity, but like I just don't see this team wanting to make a big swing there. I, I don't think so either. I think they have, at least for this next year, they have their three safeties that they want yeah, with, with Reed, Connor might be, you know, pushing for even more playing time and then Cook returning from injury. I think they feel very good about those three. Then they have two corners that have like, they're being used versatilely with uh, Nick Nick Jones and um, Nazi Johnson. Like they got a bunch of guys that they're trying to, you know, work in in different ways. I don't think that they need a safety and worst case to worst. Deion Bush has made it through for agency twice and been on this team. He can step in and be your safety four that you pull up when need be if you don't find somebody else in free agency, if Mike Edwards doesn't want to come back. So like, I don't really see much of a need for them to add a safety because it seems like Chamari Connor was such a good hit for them. Yeah, it absolutely was. And we were looking at him as maybe like that, that Legereus Sneed guy in case, you know, Sneed didn't have the season that he did to try and come in and replace him. And I've really liked what we've seen from him as a box safety. And I've liked a little bit of what I've seen from him as a guy that rotates deep. He should be your safety three behind Justin Reed and behind Brian Cook. That fourth safety has typically been a special teamer, a guy that just barely rotates in. I've already got that guy in Naze Johnson. I know that he got reps at outside corner in training camp. That's what, you know, Maddie was talking about, you know, Looking at Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and how they were talked about in training camp, that was the guy that they were putting in front of him at outside corner. But they've always listed him as a safety. And so I think that tells you, yes, they gave him some reps out there, but they like him in the slot. They like him as a safety. I think that he just makes all the sense in the world as a four-core special teamer. Dave Tobe loves the kid, absolutely adores him. So when he's healthy, I think that's your four. I don't think you got to make a single move there to try and add to the group. You just keep those forward, roll with it. You get a little bit younger. You get a little bit more athletic with Nase Johnson coming back. And I, I just really like that group. All right, let's move on to the top three positions of need. What do we think? Let's kind of, we've, we've broken down all of them. What do we think are the top three, one through three? As we sit rip. today. Oh, rip your three. I think number one is still defensive tackle. I think that is the number one need on this team right now is addressing defensive tackle, be it Chris, be it free agency. Uh, I, I Here's the thing. I anticipate them doing something in, in the draft if Chris is gone. Just because I don't think, I, I think they're going to have to make a relatively decent investment if they don't. But defensive tackle... Defensive tackle, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go tackle and then I'm gonna go wide receiver. I think those are the top three. I'm still big on the trenches right now. I think it I think it's I think you you go defensive tackle, tackle, and then wide receiver is my third one. They're all very important. They all need to be addressed significantly, in my opinion. Convenient you left corner off, but claim you want to keep Sneed. Very convenient. <laughs> um I'm gonna maddie this. My my number one answer is they need the the Robin to the Trent McDuffie Batman on defense. I don't care if it's D tackle or it's corner. It's got to be one of the two. They need a stud back at one of they need a stud at one of those two spots. I I don't think they need both. I think you can get by with having competent players at one of them. But a stud you need Snead or Chris Jones back to pair with Trent McDuffie, and there's your 
two leader, you know, two of your top best players on defense right there. So I, I think that's number one. Number two, I'm going wide receiver. I'm sorry. I, I watch the Chiefs. I sit here and look at this Chiefs team. I know they just won a Super Bowl. It worked. There is no way that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes want to go through a whole nother year as difficult as that last year was. Defense as it is, is already less stable year to year. We think the defense is going to keep up that performance. I earmuffs, Craig. Do we think the defense is really going to keep that up again next year? No, yes. it doesn't happen. Teams don't do that defensively back-to-back years historically. Maybe the Chiefs are the exception, but you can't they plan are. on that. They, you can't plan on that from year to year. That's not how defense works. So you got to get some help on the offensive end, and that's why number three is offensive tackle because this team was a better football team when the offense didn't have to fight tooth and nail to pick up two first downs every other drive and pump the ball for or not score a touchdown for fourteen straight playoff possessions. That's not good. I I don't think they. I don't think Andy Reid wants to do that again. So I I think wide receiver, offensive tackler, one two, and then you just need that deep or, or two three, and then you need a defensive playmaker to go along with Trent McDuffie. And those are my three biggest needs. Okay, so Legarius Need is back. Just he, he is for for all okay. intents and purposes. He's sure. back, and Lee Carrying is back as an RFA. I am going offensive tackles. My number one. Like it it is. I think that that is the position that they should focus on. I realize that free agency isn't a big one that they can really kind of splurge in there, but I I just think that that's a position they need to lock down. It's been a turnstile. They've tried to solve it a couple of different times, and they haven't been able to since Eric Fisher. Go out and try and find the guy. I we we've seen this before. The Chiefs have done this with running back, where they've kind of dwelled and kind of treat repeated guys multiple times, and then they get into the draft and they tried to solve it with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Now that didn't work out the way that we expected. But go try and solve it. Go try and just you know make sure that you you put that one to bed. So offensive tackle is my number one. Defensive tackle is my number two. Just because there's not bodies, like it it, it is a void right now. And I would love to have Chris Jones back. I hope he's back, but it's got to be on a long term deal. And I don't know that Brett Veach is going to pay a guy over thirty to a long term deal and really allocate that kind of money towards a guy. So. I, I think he's gone. You got to add to that room there. So defensive tackle is number two. And as much as I want to put defensive end as number three, it's wide receiver. It just is. Because right now you've got Rasheed Rice and a whole bunch of other guys that you were hoping for. So go out, try and fix that situation as well. Focus on the offense as much as I would love to just reload and make this defense elite. Focus on the offense. That way you can get by with your defense not having to hold every single team they play under 27 points for 21 straight games. That is a feat that has not been accomplished before. So don't count on them to have to do that again. Go try and rectify your offense. You know, Brett Veach likes to roll into, uh, you know, roll into a season or a draft, sorry, relatively set with this team. Like he could roll a team out that day, right? You could roll out an offensive line with Wadi Morris in week one. You could. They don't have a defensive tackle. They don't have, they don't a, have a wide receiver. Well, they, they don't have one. a three tech. They have. They could roll out. No, they don't. If they really no, they can't. I've seen who's on that roster. They cannot. They just did. And what? No, we're losing ball. MBS. Okay. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're assuming MBS no. gets cut. What I'm saying. <laughs> we're effectively getting listen. much worse at the worst position on the team. 
All I'm saying is I think they're going to prioritize getting defensive tackle resolved potentially first. Just because if you look at this team, the one position that they definitively can't walk off, you know, walk out before the draft is defensive tackle. Wide receiver, I I know, Maddie, it's up there too. It's up there too, Matthew. Is that is that okay? But uh yeah, I just that's how they typically like to roll. I I anticipate defensive tackle being addressed in the next three weeks, be it Chris, be it free agency. Just I think you're correct. I think your thought process here is absolutely correct. I just want to make sure that I get established here that I think we as fans are brushing the wide receiver issue under the table oh, because they won a Super Bowl. The they, position is the worst in the NFL besides the Carolina Panthers at any position. Like I don't think there's any chance they don't make a significant They have to. There's like that's what I think. Defensive tackle may come first because it might be Chris Jones, which functionally can come first. Yeah. It might be in free agency. I think they'd be more likely to spend a free agency money or free, you know, money on a defensive tackle. But like wide receiver, they just, I think not anybody here, not you guys, but Chiefs fans as a whole are kind of brushing the wide receiver woes under the table a little bit saying, oh, we can just do that again. And like, I, that hey, was rough. Like that was a long hey, season. I think that's the years on Patrick Mahomes' life. For what it's worth, the Carolina Panthers have some darlings of Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, yeah, for previous drafts recently, and Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall. Hey, they could have Amir Smith-Marset. <laughs> Adam Thielen. DJ uh-huh. Chark. LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. Like, hey, these are all guys we talked about adding to the Chiefs, and we're talking hey. about them being the worst wide receiver hey. group in the if you're talking about the position, I think are the the Chiefs are most likely to add two substantial pieces to. It's the wide receiver room and only the wide receiver room. I think that's the position that gets fixed the most. I don't know if it's their top one coming out of this though. I think it's a free agent and a draft pick at receiver when it's all said and done. And we're gonna start finding some answers out very quickly. Combine starts next week free agencies around the corner. That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Made it an hour. Back to back. Let's go. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.